Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Scott Lauber, the great one from the Philadelphia Inquirer, one of the absolute best in the business. It is so great to talk baseball with you again, my friend. <laughs> it is, right? Aren't you glad we're not talking about luxury taxes and pre-arbitration bonus pools and, and all of that stuff? We had enough of that for three months. Enough of the radio station politics. Oh, you meant baseball. Okay. <laughs> so so they, Kyle Schwarber, in now the new permanent era of the DH in the National League, what do you think of the signing of Schwarber? Well, they needed a big bat, uh, and, and that was clear from the beginning of the offseason, something they prioritized prior to the lockout and certainly in the days after the lockout. And they really targeted, you know, a few players. Um, Schwarber was kind of always sort of the one at the top of the list. They made it clear back in November that they preferred someone who hit from the left side. Uh, they preferred a free agent who was not going to require them to forfeit draft pick compensation. So those two things kind of, you know, put Schwarber ahead of Chris Bryant, uh, who's a right-handed hitter, and Nicholas Castellanos, who's a, dra- a qualified free agent with draft pick compensation. So right. Schwarber was really the one at the top of the list. They went hard after him before the lockout. It didn't. Uh, it didn't happen. I think Schwarber smartly waited until the lockout was over until the DH came to the National League to kind of see whether his market um, moved upward at all. And ultimately, um, you know, here we are, what is it, less than a week after the lockout ended, and, and he winds up back where, you know, where I think a lot of us thought he'd go when it started, which was, uh, w- which was the Phillies. He, he is a big reason why teams win, because his bat provides that. Uh, and people, and you know, Scott, I mean, he has a reputation of being one of those really good clubhouse guys, too. Yeah, he sure does. Um, You know, just sort of talking today a little bit with one of the Phillies' new relievers, Brad Hand, who played with Schwarber for a a half a season last year in Washington, he talked about his influence in the clubhouse and the fact that he's a good teammate. And look, I don't think it's coincidental that – Schwarber has played in the big leagues now for, I believe, seven years, and he's made the playoffs every year but one, Um, whether it was with the Cubs uh, or last year with the Red Sox after he got traded over there. So he's a winning player. And, um, you you know, I mean, look, he has – you know, he's not a perfect player. Um, He's not an especially good defender. Um, You know, you have to put up with some streakiness with the bat. He does strike out a fair amount. But he's also, a, you know, uh, he's also a guy who walks a bit. He's not an easy at bat, and he has that power. I mean, we we all remember the home run that he hit, right? That was that landed on the roof of Wrigley Field in the playoffs in 2015, <laughs> yeah. and that was kind yeah. of his introduction to everyone's introduction to Kyle Schwarber on a big stage. And he was part of that Cubs team that won it all in 2016. That'll live forever in Chicago. And um, you know, he's been a guy who's been in the middle of it on good teams for a lot of years now. And and I think that. You know, that's one thing that you can't undersell. The Phillies don't have a lot of players who've been in the postseason before, and he would uh, he, he would certainly be able to fill in that gap. I'll never forget uh, when the Cubs played the Pirates in the one-game playoff in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And Tony La Russa, as you and I both know, Scott, 
he always had this philosophy that when you get to your biggest game, in other words, the one and done game, you 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 start with your best offensive lineup, all right? And that night, Joe Madden put him in right field, even though he hadn't played hardly all year. He homered in the first inning, so I mean, he has right. that ability to do it. I'm really glad you brought up Brad Hand. When he was at San Diego, terrific closer. Cleveland, he had some mixed results. What kind of addition, though, can he be to a bullpen that badly needs bullpen additions? I feel like Brad Hand is sort of um, is sort of emblematic of 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 even really of even good relievers who tend to have you know some year to year volatility. You know, I, I mean, I, I guess the best ones are consistent year in year out and stay healthy. Um, you know. Uh, He's one who uh, has had some really good stretches, as you alluded to, in San Diego, and he's been a closer. He has, I think, 126 career saves um, in his career. And, you know, look, last year, I mean, it happened to him within the season. Like, he started out really well in Washington, then didn't pitch so well, got traded over to Toronto, was not very good at all, got designated for assignment, went to the Mets and finished strong. So, you know, you, you hope that you can get more of the positive streaks than the negative ones. He certainly brings experience. He's left-handed, which means, you know, he's probably going to see a fair amount of Juan Soto this year, Matt Olson, some of the better hitters, left-handed hitters in the National League. You're going to want him to get those guys out. So that's going to be kind of his role to pitch late in the game, face tough lefties, and uh, and be kind of a bridge to Corey Knable, who they view still as the as you know, the guy who they want to close games for them. I think between Knebel, Hand, and Jerry's Familia, that's kind of the late-inning formula that they're going to rely upon, and hopefully um, for them, those guys will be more consistent uh, than, uh, than, than not. Well, you and I both know that I always find it amazing. There's so many interchangeable parts in the sixth through eighth inning guys. Because you're just hoping that somebody has the like the teams that like get there, they, their guys have career years, right? And yeah. I think that's what for the Phillies they've been trying to find that guy. And like most teams, they're not getting enough guys with career years. I mean, is that fair? Because I think that's the way it turns out. Yeah, I think it is. And look, um, you know, it's more scientific in the sense that you know sometimes you look for different things. Like I've always thought the teams that wind up with the best bullpens um, have sort of a variety of different types of guys down there. So, in other words, you're not bringing in every guy who looks the same, right? You're bringing in a guy who maybe gets lefties out. You're bringing in a guy who maybe has a little funk to his delivery. You're bringing in a guy who's maybe a little more deceptive. And then you're bringing in the flamethrower. You know, I think you've got to have a little bit of variety down there. These days, you need to have velocity down there, and they certainly have more velocity now than they've had in recent years. You saw it begin last year, where I know Jose Alvarado gives people a little agita because his control can come and go, and but he throws 100 miles an hour, and that's not something the Phillies had before last year. So right. they've certainly tried to pursue velocity. They've certainly tried to add variety, and... You know, at the end of the day, you just you hope that you have the right mix down there. Um, I think it's fair to say that over the course of Dave Dombrowski's career, he hasn't been like totally awesome all the time at building bullpens. You know, mm-hmm. I think of some of those. I think of some of those teams he had in Detroit yes. um, that that might have won World Series if they had a little bit better bullpen. But you know, so so even a guy who's been around as long as he has 
Dombrowski, um, you know, it um, it can be a challenge to find the right mix. And the Phillies certainly have not found anything close to the right mix for their bullpen in the last several years. The bullpen is really what's kept them out of the playoffs. And so they hope that maybe this year the mix is a little bit better. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned Detroit because the 2013 team he had, especially the starting rotation, uh-huh. and yeah. they lost. And they ended up losing in the American League Championship Series. Um, okay, do you feel like the lineup in most spots is set, and is there any spot that you think is not set that will have a little competition? I think it is set in most spots, uh, such as it is. Now, having said that, that doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean they have one guy for every spot. Like it looks like center field with Matt Veerling uh, as a right-handed hitter and now Odubel Herrera back from the left side might be more of a timeshare. You know, I think I think they would love for Matt Veerling to rise up and win that job outright um, and kind of be the guy, but he's still a young player, yeah, young in his career. You know, I mean, he's like 25, 26, but he's young in his career. He was a rookie last year. I think his rookie status is actually still intact, so he'll be technically a rookie this year. He's got about 70 major league at-bats, a little bit difficult to just give him the ball and say go run with it so you know i think it's going to be a bit of a timeshare in center field shortstop is worth watching in spring training i mean they have said that they're going to give bryson stott a chance to win the job now um it's a compressed spring training you know i think the whole thing is about 25 days they play 20 exhibition games that's it so he's going to have to play really really well i think over over those games to unseat pd gregorius who still has the track record and the fact that as bad as he was last year, he also was not healthy. So I think they want to see a healthy D.D. Gregorius. Um, and they want to, you know, he's got to fail, I think, before uh, before he loses the job. So um, those are really the two areas where I guess you could say they're a little bit unsettled. But otherwise, I mean, there's really not a whole lot of competition in, in the other spots. I think you pretty much know who's going to be out there. Yeah, and, and I agree with that. I mean, Gregorius still has something to him. Stato is—he really is a nice prospect. But he's oh, yeah. still a pro, he's still a prospect, though, which is a fancy way of saying you haven't done it yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look—you uh, know—they they will say as as games get started. They have already said it. They will say as games get started on Friday that it's it's a competition, and Stott's got every chance to win the job, and maybe he will. I mean, maybe he goes out there. Yeah. And he hits, you know, 400 in spring training and with a bunch of home runs. And you, you just can't deny putting him on the team. But between the short spring, the fact that Stott hasn't played a ton at AAA, I mean, he finished the year there last year, but really hasn't played a whole lot there. And the fact that, like I said, Gregorius has a track record and presumably, um, yes. you know, health yeah. now on his side. It, it's There are a lot of reasons why um, why Gregorius would be the starting shortstop on opening day. Is there any concern, Scott, about that pitchers being stretched out enough to give any kind of lengthy appearances in the first two weeks of the regular season? Yeah, I, th- I think it's a. I, I definitely think it's a concern, and, and obviously not just here with the Phillies, but everywhere. I mean, I think everyone's looking at their pitching and wondering how deep starters can go in April. Um, you know, just the other day, I was in Joe Girardi's office, and he was kind of counting down the days, like on the schedule, and like, okay, you know. If everyone was ready to go first time through the rotation, and Zach Wheeler won't be, Ranger Suarez won't be, Wheeler because of the flu, and Suarez because his arrival's been delayed by a few days because of a visa issue uh, uh, trying to get over here. Um, 
But if if all five starters were ready to go in, for the first turn through, you'd be looking at like, and Joe was counting it out, like, okay, two two innings the first time through, and three innings the second time through, and you know, four innings the third time through, and then bam, the season's going to start. And so, you know, I think if you're going to if you're going to get five innings out of your guys the first time through, I think you'd be probably happy with that. I mean, there are going to be some exceptions. You know, Nola seems to be at least. Uh, if not ahead of schedule, on schedule. Uh, Zach Eflin, in a pleasant surprise because he had knee surgery last year and ended his year in September, he seems to be on schedule. Um, you know, Kyle Gibson seems to be on schedule. So maybe those guys can give you a smidge more than five innings the first time out. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think you're going to see uh, teams, including the Phillies, err on the side of being conservative because. You know, you, you really just don't know. You don't know off of a three-week spring training how how these arms are gonna are gonna react. Because it's not just the job of the manager to manage the situation, manage the game. They have to manage a season as well, and that's why they've got to be cautious the first couple of weeks of the regular season. Yeah, and you know, look, it's going to trickle down because if it starts, yeah. if everything starts with your starting pitchers, and your starters can only give you four or five innings the first time through. It's going to put a lot of strain on your bullpen early in the season, and Joe Girardi, we know, doesn't like to do that. So, you know, I think what you're going to see is the teams that have, and and this 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 is not like a like a revelatory um, statement here, but you know, and I think it applies in every year, but more so this year, the teams that have the most pitching depth are going to be in the best shape because yeah. pitchers are going to get hurt. It's going to happen, and this year in particular, it's going to happen. Pitchers are going to get hurt. Uh, they're going to miss time. And if you have, you know, the depth in AAA, um, you know, you're going to have to go, if a normal pitching staff is 13 guys, you're going to have to go 20, 25 guys deep to get through it because things are going to happen. What a pleasure to have you back on talking baseball and not numbers. Scott, thank you. Thank you, Steve, anytime.